Good evening, LifePoint Youth. It's so good to be with you, to see you or to hear you, I guess, through video and, and podcasting. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get used to these introductions. It's still kind of new for me. Hey, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know we're starting a new series tonight. It's a two-parter looking at the provision of God through our sin and the provision of God through our seasons. And I think that this is just a timely uh, message for you. The reason why I'm kind of giving an introduction is I wanted to change the pace up. Uh, This message that you're going to hear is actually from a couple of years ago at a student chapel at Evangel University that I was able to uh, speak at. It's the first part of this series. I thought that it would be a nice change of pace uh, away from this background, away from this camera angle and the things that we've been doing for so long to kind of let you see a little bit of where uh, I personally came from and, and this message that was, has been on my heart for years at this point. Um, I just think it's a timely message. I think it's something that we can all walk away from. I'm excited to kick off this series with this message. And uh, I hope that you guys would just enjoy uh, getting a chance to, to peer into college, Josh, and kind of the way that, uh, the way that we, I was able to preach and, and, and communicate to my peers at Evangel. I hope that it still is a timely word for you and that you're able to engage with it. Uh, I'll be back on at the end to kind of just uh, let you guys know some things that are going on. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it'll just be good. I'm excited to, uh, to share this time with you. So how are we this morning? Good. There's a lot of you guys here for Monday Chapel. I love it. It's awesome. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to thank Dr. Jaffe uh, and, and for um, all of the people who make this possible, the worship team. Uh, we have such an amazing uh, ability to be able to, to just worship with these people. They are so incredibly talented. I feel like uh, people say that all the time, but it's so true and it needs to be uh, recognized as much as possible. So thank you guys. Uh, thank you for Dr. Jaffe, like again. Um, and also thank you for coming, uh, and especially the barbershop, right? My floor here, I'm the, I'm the floor president. And uh, so the barbershop is coming through. It looks like mostly freshmen. That's cool. It's fun. So um, today I want to tell you guys a story first. I want to I just open up with that. Uh, in case you didn't know, I'm a hip hop artist. Uh, I'm a rapper. I know I don't look like it, but it's fine. Uh, just trust me, I, I, I do. I've been doing hip-hop since I was 14 years old, 15 years old, and um, I'm luckily, you know, the owner of my own studio. I have one in my house. Uh, I've been building it up since I was 14 or 15. Uh, in my house, however, I grew up with one rule in the house. My parents were pretty uh, cool when it came to rules, except there was one, and that was that there was no Uh, electronics to be upstairs. So I couldn't have computers, couldn't have a phone, couldn't have my iPad upstairs at all. In retrospect, that seems like a pretty good idea. Uh, And and I'm really thankful for it in retrospect. But at the time, my 14, 15 year old self said, this is stupid. I'm a recording artist. I'm going to be multi-platinum. I really need my space. And recording in a dining room is not really uh, a good way to, to get a good sound. So I just thought it was incredibly uh, stupid that my parents would, would do this to me. And it turns out that they were, there was actually something else going on with that. And we're going to get into it. It kind of reminds me uh, of Genesis 3. So if you have your Bibles, that's where we're going to be uh, looking. And in Genesis 3, uh, we find creation, right? So when people say 
tell me about Genesis, the first thing that they would probably say is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They want to talk about that. But, you know, that's only the first couple chapters. There's so much more to this story. Uh, it actually really speaks a lot of God's interaction with uh, humankind for the first time, for, with humanity for the first time. And that's why I think it's so, so interesting um, that Genesis is just a, it's just a great book. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about like God's justice and about his, his, um, his provision through correction. Um, so we're going to go through the whole chapter. I know that seems like a lot, but bear with me. It'll be fine. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, it's, it's uh, Genesis 3. And we're going to start off with the first verse. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden, the, the tree of knowledge, right? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then both of them, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So what do we get out of this, this, these first few uh, uh, verses here? We see that God has set a standard, right? He set a standard for humanity, right? So that's the, the first point if you're taking notes. Uh, it's always a, a good thing. I, I, I've done it, and it's uh, really uh, beneficial to look back, but if not, that's cool. So the first point is that God set his standard for us, right? We see this interaction between the woman and the serpent, and we hear as he's kind of tempting her, as he's uh, deceiving her, there's one thing, there's one characteristic about God that he's withholding. He's really showing that God is a withholder. He's saying, look, God's not letting you eat from this tree. And he's completely ignoring all of the provisions that God made, all of what he did, right? He did so much for, for, for this couple at the, at, at, the, at the creation. He gave them work. He gave them food. There was, there was nothing they had to worry about. They were literally in communication with God and, and, and communion. They were walking with him. But we see in this interaction, Satan keeps just poking at the one thing that, that Eve sees as the negative, right? I think of like, you know, if you have a bad day, it could be the greatest day in the world, but one bad thing can make it just awful and you just focus in on that. That's kind of what this is. It's, it's looking at the entire scope of God, which is amazing, but pointing at the one thing that they see as negative. They see as a, a withholder. So that happens. And, and so she decides to justify her disobedience and say, well, he's a withholder and, and I don't want to be withheld from. So I'm going to, to eat from, from this tree. And then we see immediately after they both eat, we see that they hear God and they hear God walking around. 
And so they hide, they, they, they were naked, they were exposed, so they cover up, they realize it. And it's just interesting because comfort and intimacy, this thing that was just uh, uh, completely normal, right? This thing that is intimate is now stripped and now made into something that it's not. It's now made to be something that's uh, promiscuous or, 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 or uh, just bad for, for, for Adam and Eve. So they, so they get scared, they, they, they make clothes for themselves, and then they, they hide. And it's interesting that, that he hears God's voice, they hear him walking around, because in biblical language, in, in the Bible, hearing God's voice means obeying God, and this is the complete opposite. It's, it's acting in disobedience. So going back to this story uh, of, of my parents and their rule, right? So in my 16-year-old knowledge, 15-year-old knowledge, I said, this rule is dumb, and I'm not going to follow it because it's dumb. So I am going to uh, take my laptop. I'm going to put something there that looks like a laptop, like a piece of paper. I can't remember what it was, maybe a binder or something. Completely dumb. <laughs> and so I put it there, and I went upstairs because I thought my parents were out shopping or going for a walk. They typically leave the house. And so I was like, I can get away with it. Well, it turns out they were in the bedroom, which is kind of sectioned off from the rest of the house. So here I am thinking that they're gone and thinking I'm going to get away with this when they're in the back of the house. So my dad's walking through the dining room, which is where all of the, the studio setup is, all of the computers, that they were kind of docked there. And uh, he notices that there's a laptop missing. And so he goes up to the, to the uh, upstairs um, door, and he, he, he yells upstairs all the time. My dad's just a loud person. And so he yells upstairs, and I'm like, okay, cool. He yells all the time upstairs. He never comes up. Well, he says, hey, where's this laptop? I was like, I don't know. It's down there. I'm pretty sure it's down there. I, I know the rules. And he's like, oh, I don't think so. So I start hearing footsteps. We have really creaky stairs. So I start hearing footsteps, and that's when I know I'm in trouble. Because here I am with my laptop. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just trying to... to I just thought the rule was dumb. So here I am just scrolling through Facebook, and I hear this. I'm like, oh. So I shut it, and I threw it underneath my dresser because I was like, surely he won't find it. It's fine. It's all good. I was terrified because I was standing in my disobedience. He knew the entire time where that laptop was. He knew exactly what I was doing. He knew what I was trying to pull. But he still asked me anyway. He gave me that opportunity to say, hey, where's this laptop? That's what God is doing here, you know? He, he, he's calling out to them. We'll, we'll, we'll read in just a minute that he calls out to them and they, they kind of answer him, but he knows already. So it's just really interesting. Let's get back into to scripture here, verse nine. We read, and it says, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because... I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly 
and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So in this second section, right, we see the second point here. We see that God, in his punishment, he, he's just. He, he is completely in the right for the, our wrongdoings against him. He's completely justified, right? The narrative turns into a trial, right? God, God asks, where are you? And, and this is very similar uh, in the next chapter, in chapter 4, when Cain and, and Abel have their conflict and Cain kills Abel. You know, God says, where's your brother? And he says, I'm not my brother's keeper, right? God knew the entire time. It wasn't, it wasn't him asking out of inquiry. It was him asking out of, of, of a way to, to, for, the, for um, whoever's on trial to, to give him a truthful answer. And it's really funny that they shift responsibility, right? So, so he asks Adam. Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent which is kind of what we do all the time. Like, I know I have a brother at home. If you have siblings or if you have friends, uh, sometimes you, you blame them for things, right? You go, no, it wasn't me, it was him. And then he points it back to you. And, and that's kind of what's going on here. It's interesting that the serpent's not asked for an explanation, though. That is really interesting. We don't know why that this happens, but, but Hebrew literature doesn't always tie up loose ends. Um, the punishment, though, it takes two forms. It has a permanent form, and it, and it has an immediate form. The punishment, the permanent punishment, it's not light. It's, it's a bruising battle with the snake. It's a woman's undue longing, right? It is, it is, it is the painfulness of childbearing. All of these things come from the, from the permanent, so the working of soil, Right, that wasn't all. That was, this wasn't a part of God's plan, but it's the it's the it's the just action uh, for what what has occurred. It understands the the text understands man's relationship to the soil as central to what it means to be a man, just like it's assumed motherhood is basic to a woman. Similarly, the man's experience with the soil turns out to be far different than what God intended, right? He says that there's going to be thorns and thistles, right? That's not the way that it was supposed to be. That's not the way Adam and Eve were supposed to work in the garden. It wasn't supposed to be something that's painful. I don't know if we have any farmers in here or people who have farmed before. Um, my grandpa's a farmer. He owns a lot of land. And, and one thing that I've learned from him is that farming takes a lot of patience it's a, it's a boring process, and it's something that, that requires a lot of hard work, a lot of waiting around, a lot of right conditions to happen. This wasn't the way that, that it was supposed to be. 
It's the, it, it, the dust of the earth, which was the material that human was formed, now has the feel of death, right? The thing that created life and created humanity now has the feel of death because of this, because of this sin. So getting back to this story, right? I disobeyed my parents' rule. It was pretty obvious. They found out really, really quickly. And there had to be a punishment. So now not only did I have to keep my laptop and equipment and stuff uh, downstairs in the entirety of downstairs, now I had one desk that I had to fit everything. And that was the one desk that I could set everything, including a phone, including a tablet, things that are pretty mobile. One desk was now the punishment for, for, for what I did. And it was the choice that I made in my disobedience. It was annoying to be confined to this smaller area, but it made me kind of want what I had back. It made me instantly regret uh, what was going on. So at the, end of this, uh, at the end of this chapter, we're going to go ahead and read the final four verses. Whew. There it is. Getting to chapter three is like hard because there's only a couple pages. It's like table of contents, boom, text. <laughs> So here we go. It says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said to the man, this man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed them on the east side of the garden, uh, cherubim, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way of, to the tree of life. So what do we have here? He, he's guarding this other tree, this tree of life. It's the eternal life, right? Uh, that, that, that Adam and Eve fatefully could have had, right? But we also see a couple other things. We see that God is still providing in the punishment that he gives and still providing despite the sin that is now entered into the world. In this disrupted existence, uh, uh, this disrupted human existence that we now have described here, the woman is given the name Eve, right? The mother of all living. She's still given this this. Uh, amazing blessing to, to be the mother of all life. You know, we find later in Genesis that, that God is, is sickened with humanity he, 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 and he, he sends a flood. He could have done that with these two as soon as sin entered the world. That could have just been it, strike three, you're done. But we see here that he's still providing. He still sees the need for humanity. He still sees the relationship and longs for that relationship. So he gives her still this blessing to be the mother of all living, despite the sinful action that, that she has. Then after this, we see that he makes garments for them. He, he gives them clothes, and not like fig leaves or anything, but like actual skin clothes, like, like uh, I, I guess it would be a form of leather. It's definitely better than what they had. He could have just sent them out and said, you know what, you disobeyed me, deuces. And he doesn't. He still provides. He still gives them better clothing. He gives them uh, 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 more than they, than they could have made themselves. 
And then we also see this. We see, we see that he's now expelling them from the garden. And yes, that might seem negative, but at the same time, it's a pretty positive thing because now sin, sin has entered the world. So eating from the tree of life and, and having eternal life, that would not be something that we would want. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to live forever in this type of world. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to. I'm sure that, that it would have been miserable for them had they gone into the garden and eaten of the tree of life and, and had eternal life. That would be awful. Expulsion from the garden, it brings that last set of consequences, but, but it's also a, a really, really pivotal uh, uh, provision for them. Control has replaced freedom, and it's a distorted and disrupted world. In that, life would be unbearable. And God knew that. He essentially saves us from ourselves. He saves humanity from itself. So how this story ends for me uh, with, my, with my recording equipment and whatever. My parents could have easily looked at the disobedience that I had, the, the situation, and they could have said, hey, uh, we're done with this computer stuff. We're done buying you microphones and buying you interfaces and buying you recording equipment and, and all of that. We're done. You're done. You violated our trust, whatever. But they continued to give me money for birthdays, give me money for Christmas, which I then bought my own equipment and everything. And they still provided for me and still helped me. Uh, they still got behind what I was doing when they could have just turned their backs and said, nah, you disobeyed us. You're done. And they didn't do that. It's crazy to think that even in my punishment, I was still being blessed. I was still being provided for. I had to stay on that desk until I turned 18. Yeah. So I was a senior. And it, even after I was 18, I didn't move my stuff up into my own room until uh, the summer before I came here for freshman year. It's pretty crazy if the worship team would want to come back. See, just like my parents set rules and, and I broke them and and they had a punishment, there was still some sort of provision, there was still some sort of blessing that I received from them, and, and that's where parents are just really cool, because I know if somebody did that to me, I would be like, nah, this, we're done. You see, God was upset with his creation because they broke the one rule that they had been told not to, but even in that, he still cared. He still provided he made the punishment one that would essentially save us from ourselves, like the expulsion from the garden essentially saved humanity from itself. Like a loving father, like my parents did to me, he delivered his punishment in love and he saw what we couldn't see and what I couldn't see and he saved us from ourselves. So today, if you're, if you're here in and you're in one of these three situations where, where you see that God has set a standard and you're struggling with that standard. You're struggling with coming to terms with it and trying to follow it. Maybe that's you. I know that's me uh, a lot of times. Or maybe you're in the middle of a punishment now or you're in the middle of something that, that you, you've seen. You're acting out of disobedience and you know it. 
and you're starting to see your life unravel a little bit and you're just in the middle of that and you, and, and you want to, to give up control and, and, and let God, yes, punish you and, and yes, let him correct you. But don't think that that's all he wants to do. He's not sitting up with, with a pointing finger accusing you. Or maybe you're just in a, in, a, in a spot where God's providing for you and you're in, a, in an awesome spot and praise God for that. Continue to be thankful, but, but, but keep these other things in mind just in case because, you know, we constantly go through a roller coaster. It's never, we're never in the same spot for a long time, you know. It always switches and it always comes. And sometimes it, it comes quicker than we think. Like we try to plan it out and sometimes it just comes by quick so as the worship team leads in, in this last song be thinking about that if, if if you'd like the altars are open uh, if you would like to come if you would like to seek prayer uh, I would encourage you to go to a friend or, or come to me or one of the professors here I'm sure somebody would be willing to, to pray for you but uh, if all you just need is a time of reflection, then, that, then that's okay too. And sometimes those are the most powerful moments, just listening to God and saying, where am I? What, what do you want for me? What do you need out of me? Maybe it's repentance. So as, as the worship team, uh, as the worship team goes, just reflect on that. Well, thank you so much for watching and um, interacting with me throughout this, uh, throughout this different uh, uh, sermon. Man, I'm, I'm so excited for next week and wrapping up this series on provision. And um, I just hope that, that you were encouraged, you were blessed by the word that was given. I, like I said at the beginning, it's been on my heart for years now. And uh, I think that that's just such a cool thing when God is able to, to work things out in that way. Um, man, if, if you are looking for more content, you can check us out on our Facebook page. Maybe that's where you're watching from right now. You can just like our, our Facebook page at LifePoint Youth or backslash LPYouthAZ on Facebook. You can find us there. We also have a YouTube channel, LifePoint Youth. You can find us uh, there, see all of our sermons. I, I believe that's the only stuff that we have cataloged right now, but uh, we're going to be packing that out with tons of devotionals and um uh, vlogs and some other things as we get back uh, together for the YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe uh, there as well. Um, you can also follow our podcast at LifePoint Youth Audio Podcast on Spotify and Apple uh, Podcast. Man, it is it is such a good tool to be able to walk around. Maybe you're cleaning your room, maybe you're cleaning your house, or doing chores or errands or whatever. It's so nice to be able to just listen. To, to the word and to listen to the sermon. Maybe that's your forte. You can find us at uh, on Spotify and uh, Apple Playlist or podcast as well uh, if, you, if that's more your uh, flavor. Thank you so much for watching and uh, engaging with me. And we will see you back here next week for the conclusion of this uh, provision series. Thank you.